0: well hello everyone and welcome to today's podcast it is thursday december the 15th 2022 and we are in the third week of advent uh, and so uh, to uh, guide us through this uh, advent season we've been uh, we've picked up tom wright's devotional advent for everyone and we've been using um his daily readings to kind of guide our thoughts for this advent season. And so we're on Thursday of week 3 and um yeah. So it's always kind of nice to look through. I'm already starting to think about what to do after the first of the year. I think I'm going we're going to go back to some kind of um new te- like I'm really leaning towards new testament in a year kind of deal again. We but we took a couple years off from that. Uh did some devotional um lectionary type readings. I think I'm going to to go back and do uh, Old Testament, or the Bible in a year is a little hard because there's no way we can do that together. It's just too many, too many, too many, there's usually like four chapters a day you have to do. uh, And that's just too, obviously, that's way too much for us to be able to cram in on a a morning. But we can do the New Testament together, and if you on your own would like to supplement that uh, with the other readings to get through the entire Bible, then you could always do that. But That's kind of what I'm thinking, Um, and so, um, yeah, so I'll be uh, looking through some Bible reading plans for the new year, um, and we'll do that together, get back into the Bible. (laughs) Bible, Bible and reflection, so. But today we are uh, looking at Luke chapter 18 in this uh, daily Advent devotional uh, by Bishop N-T- he's not a bush- bishop anymore. Tom Wright. Um, and it's uh, Luke 18, 1 through 14. And we'll see what uh, what he has to say. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. Luke 18, 1 through 14. Jesus told them a parable about how they could always, how they should always pray. And not give up. Hmm. We kind of know that, but I don't know. It's hard, isn't it, like not to give up, to be honest, um, to be persistent and uh, just uh, faithful in prayer. And, and not just, I mean, it's one thing just to be consistent in in praying every day uh, continually. But it's even it see it takes another, another an, a diff, an even um, deeper level of devotion and commitment to pray for the same thing continually, right? Like not to stop praying for a certain issue to continue to be uh, persistent in prayer um, regarding a certain issue or a certain thing, right? That takes a special um, commitment. So Jesus told them a parable about how they should pray and not give up. There was once a judge in a certain town, he said, uh, who didn't fear God and didn't have any respect for people. There was a widow in that town, and she came to him and said, judge my case, vindicate me against my enemy. Okay. All right, so there's a judge. He's an unjust judge. He didn't fear God, didn't care about people. But there's a widow in the town. She has a need, and she comes to this unjust, this uh, wicked judge, and says, help me vindicate my case. For a long time, he refused. But in the end, he said to himself, it is true that I don't fear God and don't have any respect for people, but because this widow is causing me a lot of trouble, I will put her case right and vindicate her so that she doesn't end up coming and giving me a black eye. Mm, Making me look bad. it's just—it's similar to the uh, the uh, the the persistent neighbor, right? Who had a request. You know, he had some travelers come to us. We read this a few weeks ago. Uh, the parable of the uh, you know the, the neighbor who had uh, some guests uh, arrive, and he, he didn't have enough uh, food, and so he went to his other neighbor and said, "Hey, hey, hey!" In the middle of the night, they're already in bed. He's like, "Man, give me some bread. I got some some friends. Some neighbors stopped by." And the neighbor was like, "Man, it's, I'm already in bed. My children are in bed. You know that whole deal." But because his neighbor was persistent, he helped him. So it's kind of a the same same uh, theme of persistence is kind of showing up here. This time, not in a, not in a request, but in prayer, right? Like in a, in this case, it's a it's a require it's a request for justice. Well said, the master. Did you hear that when the this unjust judge? Did you well did you hear what this unjust judge says? And don't you think that God will see justice done for his chosen ones who shout out to him day and night? Hmm. It's kind of a reference to God's people, right, throughout the ages crying out for justice. God help us. God save us. That's what Christmas is about. Christmas is a promise kept, man. Christmas is a promise kept. It's a uh, it's a promise that God made and it's uh, it you know the the hopes and fears of all the years kind of deal uh is this the collective prayers and hopes of God's people that God would uh would come and deliver as he had promised and so so here uh, Jesus is speaking says do you do you suppose he is deliberately delaying let me tell you he will vindicate them very quickly but when the son of man comes will he find faith on earth Hmm when Jesus comes, will he find faith on earth? Hmm. reminds me of the angels, right? Peace on earth, goodwill to, upon whom his favor rests. So he's coming to give peace, but will he find faith? Ooh, that's a good message right there. Jesus came to, to give peace, but will he find faith? Come on. He, he gonna give peace, but can, is he gonna find any faith? How about in us? How about in you and me today? You know, he's come to give us peace, but is he finding faith? Is he finding trust? Uh back to the example of this persistent uh this this widow, this persistent widow. She she uh, she may not have had uh she had she had a certain amount of trust even in this unjust judge. That he would eventually do something, even if she bugged him to death, he, she, he would eventually do the right thing. How much more so, should we have boldness and courage in going to a just and loving, and omnipotent Father with our um, with our needs? God's coming with peace, but will He find faith? Will He find faith on Earth? Verse nine. He told this next parable against those who trust in their own righteousness in their own righteous standing, and despised others. Hmm. So he's going to tell them another one. Here we go. Two men, he said, went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other was a tax collector. One thought The Pharisee stood and prayed in this way to himself. God, I thank you that I am not like the other people, greedy, unjust, immoral, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all I all that I get. He's a little self righteous. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not like other people. Lord, man, I'm. My, uh, are you thankful for anything? Yeah, I'm thankful I'm not like them. What you grateful for? I'm grateful that I'm I'm not I'm not like them unjust, greedy, immoral. Uh, wicked people like them tax collectors. That's what I'm thankful for. That's what the religious man said. What are you thankful for? What you what's what's filling your heart with joy and 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 uh, gratitude right now? I'm just glad I'm not like them. I'm glad I'm so much better than them. That's what that's why my heart's so so happy right now. It's the spirit of religion, man. Mm. Looking now on somebody else that he gets his source of gratitude by uh, comparing himself to someone else. Whether that comparison is accurate or not is another question. But just the fact that he's gaining his source of gratitude and and righteousness and self righteousness through comparing himself to someone else—that in itself is a pretty uh, deplorable set of circumstances. But now watch the tax collector. The tax collector stood a long way off. He didn't even want to raise his eyes to heaven. He beat his breast and said, "God be merciful to me." sinner that I am. Hmm. He ain't looking at nobody else. He looking just at God. Just him and God. He's like, God, in your eyes, I'm a sinner. I need your help. Be merciful to me. Let me tell you, this Jesus speaking now. Let me tell you, he was the one who went back to his house vindicated by God. Not the other. Don't you see? People who exalt themselves will be humbled, and people who humble themselves will be exalted. Mm. And it's a great reminder. All right, let's see what uh, Tom Wright's thoughts on this are. Welcome, everybody. Hope you guys are all doing good. Come with me into the court of of law, where a civil case is being tried. I haven't often been in court, but we see them on television and, and in the newspaper. And from time to time, legal cases are widely reported and make history. If it wasn't so serious, it wouldn't. It would be like a sporting contest. Here is the plaintiff claiming eagerly that he has been wronged by the person opposing him, like Judge Judy. <laughs> you know, Judge Judy. Yeah, it isn't Judge Judy. I gets up there, the plaintiff civil case, just to tell him, tell him Judge Judy why that person did him wrong. Uh, he has he has uh, he has his team of lawyers and they are arguing the case, producing witnesses, trying to persuade the judge that he is in the right. Here, opposite, is the defendant. I didn't do none wrong. The man, the plaintiff, is accusing. He and his team are trying to persuade the judge that he is in the right. Though experts who are uh though, e- though experts who are watching may have a sense of which way the verdict is going to go, the result isn't known until the judge, like a referee, finally sums up and announces the results. It's up to the judge. In the ancient Jewish law court, all cases were like that, not just civil ones. If someone had stolen from you, you had to bring the charge against them. You couldn't get the police to do it for you. If someone murdered a relative of yours, the same would be true. So every legal case in Jesus' day was a matter of a judge deciding to vindicate one party or another. It ain't like us, uh, not a it's not a trial by your peers, man. Not a jury of your peers. Just the, the judge. They, that singular person got to decide. Here's all the evidence, makes a decision. So uh he either decides vindication or justification. So vindication or justification here means upholding their side of the story, deciding in their favor. This word justification, which we Meet a lot in Apostle Paul or in Paul, but hardly ever in the Gospels, means exactly this that the judge finds in one's favor at the end of the case. Hmm. You're justified, justified in your actions. You're okay, you're righteous. These two parables, very different though they are in some ways, are both about vindication. The first is more obviously so, since it is actually set in a law court. But here we are puzzled at first glance, since though Jesus clearly intends the judge to stand for God, this judge is about as unlike God as possible. Why? Because he's so rotten. You know, that's why you got you to, that's why you just got to take parables for the bigger picture, right? You got to take parables, um, unless they are otherwise stated, you got to take it for the overall point, not every little, every little thing. The, the, the point of the, uh, of that uh, parable is not that everything in that parable correlates to God, because God is not unjust. The judge stands for God. This judge is about as unlike God as possible. He has no respect for God himself. Now, you know God God respects God. <laughs> like it can't be a direct parallel. Uh, <laughs> uh, he has no respect for God himself, and he doesn't care about what if he does the right thing for people or not. That's that, uh, the, un, the un, uh, unjust judge. Um, the point of the parable is then to say if even a rotten judge like that can be persuaded to do the right thing by someone who pesters him day and night until it happens, then of course God, who is who is justice in person, who cares passionately about people, will vindicate them, will see that justice is done. Yeah, that's the point. If an unjust judge will do a good thing just because they're bothered, just imagine what a loving, compassionate what if justice itself were approached? Of course it's going to do the right thing. The parable assumes that God's people are like uh, litigants in a, in a lawsuit, waiting for God's verdict. What is the lawsuit about? It seems to be about Israel, or rather the renewed Israel gathered around Jesus, awaiting God, waiting from God the vindication that will come when those who have opposed his message are finally routed. It is, in other words, about the same scenario as described in the previous chapter. The time when, through the final destruction of the city and the temple, they have they have opposed him. Jesus' followers will know that God has vindicated Jesus Himself and them as his followers. Are you ever going to show us are you ever going to show them, Lord, that we're right? Are you ever going to show them, Lord, that that you are God, that you are Messiah, that you are the holy one, that you were are the one sent? And that we aren't crazy for following you. Will you ever show that to the world? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Though this moment will itself be terrifying, it will function as the liberating, vindicating judgment that God's people have been waiting and praying for. And if this is true of if this is true of the final moment, it is also true of all such lesser moments, with which Christian living is filled. The parable looks at first as though it is described The parable, (laughs) reading is hard, the second parable looks at first as though it it is describing a religious occasion, but it too turns out to be another lawsuit. Or perhaps we should say that the Pharisee in the temple has already turned it into a contest. His prayer, which consists simply of telling God all about his own good points, ends up exalting himself by the simple expedient of the expedient of denouncing the tax collector. The tax collector, however, is the one whose small faith sees through to the great heart of God, and he casts himself on the divine mercy. Jesus reveals what the divine judge would say about this. The tax collector, not the Pharisee, returned home vindicated. Hmm. Wow. Tax collector through his small faith sees the great heart of God. I love that phrase. And it was the tax collector that went home vindicated, justified. Uh, God ruled in his favor, as it were, <laughs> in terms of prayers. And which one was which one was appropriate and uh, was received between the Pharisee and the tax collector, uh, despite the the Pharisees uh, uh, presumption. An assumption. It actually wasn't his. It was the tax collector's. These two parables together make a powerful statement about what, in Paul's language, is called justification by faith. The wider context is the final law court, in which God's chosen people will be vindicated after, after their life of suffering, holiness, and service. Though enemies outside and inside may denounce and attack them, God will act and show that they are truly his people. But this doesn't mean that one can tell in the present who God's elect are. Simply by the outward badges of virtue and in particular the observance of the uh, minutia of the Jewish law. You can't can't tell it by that. If you want to see where the final vindication is anticipated in the present, look for where there is a genuine penance, genuine casting of oneself on the mercies of God. This one went home vindicated. Those are among the most comforting and encouraging words in the whole gospel. Hmm. This one went home vindicated. Man. That's what we want. That's to be that you know, through Jesus we we uh, we receive that vindication. This one, you you go home vindicated. Tom Wright's uh, question for reflection is this: Is a desire for vindication the same as a desire for justice? How and in what circumstances do they differ? Hmm. Uh, vindication and justice. Wow. Well, vindication, uh, gener generally, uh, it has to do, in my in my mind just right off the top. I think vindication has to do with that, that in the sense you are right. So you want, your case wants to, you want to be vindicated, right? So you want to be, to be vindicated is to be proven right. So like in one sense, we do want to be vindicated. Like we want to be, it, the fact that we've chosen to follow Jesus, the fact that we've chosen to stand on the side of Christ, uh, there's a sense in which, yes, there, there's a coming vindication for the people of God uh, to prove that they, to, and uh, a showing that they, they were vindicated, that they are right in standing with uh, Jesus. Um, but when it comes to our sin, uh, obviously we are guilty. Um, so we, we, it's not going to be shown at the end that we, after all, you weren't, you weren't, you didn't sin. (laughs) No. In that case, we want mercy, right? We want mercy. Um, and so justification then is to, uh, is to, Just as if you had not sinned, you did in fact sin, but but Christ justifies us. So it's just as if we haven't sinned because He stands in our place. Because through His uh, atoning work on the cross, His great love for us and taking our place, He stands uh, in our place in the law court, and so it's just as if we were Jesus, because uh, the punishment. Um. We we avert the punishment because we are covered by Him. Thanks be to God. Um. <laughs> uh, well, some good thoughts for you though. Maybe some things you you can think about through that. You know, um, the comparison between vindication and justice. All right, you guys, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your Holy Word. Thank you for um these uh, lessons on. Uh, just persistence, upon humility, um, the uh, the warnings against arrogance, uh, Lord, and just the the cry for you to move and you to to do um, to do uh, to bring peace, and Lord, that when you do come, that you might find in us faith. Um, Lord, we know Christmas is a, is a is a about waiting and anticipating your arrival, because. Um, the world longed for peace. The long world longed for hope, and uh, an awareness, and, and, a, and some kind of signal that you saw that you were involved, that you were going to change things. And so, God, thank you for your coming. Lord, I pray for my friends today. May you bless and encourage each and every one of them. May you give them strength and peace and hope, whatever they need from you specifically during this uh, season. May you grant it in abundance. May you bless them and encourage them, strengthen them. And um, we'll give you all the praise for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, God bless you today. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. Hope you have a great weekend, and um, encourage uh, you to continue on with the reading, even though we don't do it together. If you have the devotional, continue on, and we'll be back at it on Monday together next week. The readings really zero in on the on the birth stories of Jesus, so. You know, we've kind of taken a long way out uh to get there. But in the uh but next week we get it gets a lot more into the the very familiar and popular um birth narratives of Luke chapter one and Matthew chapter one and two, uh Luke chapter two. So um so yeah, uh don't miss Advent Week Four starting on Sunday. And um, yeah, we'll be back at it on Monday. Well, God bless you guys. You guys are awesome, love you guys. We'll see you next time. Have a great Thursday. And, uh, yeah, if you're over here in Tampa, be careful with those storms. Keep an eye out. It's going to be a little stormy here for a little while. Um, But some cooler, wintry, uh, Christmassy-type weather on the other side. So, all right, you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show.